Andrew, look at us. We dress like fans. Let's admit it. There's a better way to do this. I'll admit it. And it's going to EliteSports.com using code SQUARE at checkout. There you can shop the whole list of Texas State athletes that they have signed under the Elite Sports brand. We're talking about custom brands for each athlete. And when you buy from them, you get to buy uh, and support, you know, athletes under the NIL deal. So it's a great way to give back to the program, give back to Bobcat straight up and support your favorite podcast. I was going to congratulate you, actually. Thanks for joining us after the all white party. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yep. I I was out there at uh, Michael Rubin's place. It was pretty cool. You were giving me grief earlier about being a billionaire now. And, you know, this is uh, this is life I live now. I live in a I, I keep my costs low. I get my my cup of noodles. That's how the billionaires live, dude. I told you, you or... spending money on too much dumb stuff. I saw um, like videos and pictures come out of that. You know, Tom Brady, Michael Parsons, uh, Horace Grant was there, everybody. <laughs> and Grant Williams. <laughs> Some of those names you're like, what? Of course, DJ Khaled was there. But I saw like all these people posting about it yesterday. Fourth uh, of July, big huda at what? A billionaire's house? Yeah. And I was like, well, no wonder the faction of America believes in like lizard people. And, like... I was going to say, as soon as I saw that, I was like, they're they're on to something. But I am telling you right now, that motherfucker, that motherfucker back there is not real. And you can sit on this plane and you can fucking die with them or not. I'm not going to. For the, for the people who are like trying to fight conspiracy theorists, these billionaires are not doing us any not favors. A good look. Like, I'm out here trying to fight anti-Semitism tooth and nail. And these guys are like, you know what? What if we got every important? But here's the thing, Jacob. Can you name 250 celebrities? Because that's how many people are allegedly there. It was 250 of the A-list celebrities. Which, if there's 250 there, I can name anybody uh, in like a Ben Stiller, (laughs) Adam Sandler, like those guys, you know? That's what I said. I was like, 250 feels like more than just an A-list. Like, that's like I feel not like... even yeah, that's not even that many people because there was a lot of athletes there. Like if you just think about like how many athletes there are, you know, see. But here's my thing. I don't think 250 is too many. I think that the A-list needs to be like under 75. Mm. Like if you're I think it's the 75 most important or most famous people. And then everybody after that, there's like tears to this. You know what I mean? 250 is a lot of people like, you know what I mean? Like to be on an A-list. I don't know. Well, that's why you saw some people in like hats and blazers and stuff. I think some people got the message like, hey, wear this and you're really in, you know, mm-hmm. this yeah. shade of off white. That was my problem. I ended up wearing cream and it was mm-hmm. a white party. It was just, you know, it was tough. Kind of a rough week for you, too. You got laid off from ESPN just like everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> I was at the billionaire party and also got laid off. Yeah. You know what? It happens to the best of us. Me and uh Steve Did you Young, mention the LinkedIn have... connect- connections over there at the all-white party? <laughs> I, yeah. I want to know whose agent gets to go to that. Because somebody's agent's like, you know, Rich Paul probably went. That's how he gets all those guys. Yeah, I know all my friends got laid off at ESPN, which is very tough. I made this joke earlier uh, in the year when ESPN laid off a bunch of the behind-the-scenes people. And I was telling one, somebody that, you know, I spent six years networking building a LinkedIn connection, doing all this. And then within one day, I kid you not, 90% of my ESPN connections were laid off. Like it was within one foul swoop. I had to write, I want to say it was closer to 15 emails to people being like, sorry about your 
recent, uh, you know, exit from ESPN. I wish nothing but the best going forward. I sent like 15 of those emails out. It took me six years to cultivate those relationships for nothing to come of them. Only friendships. So is this, and those aren't good for anything. I come to you now as professor Zimmel soon to be basically after the release of this book. Um, like, you think this is the end of broadcast media? Like everybody's just firing <laughs> half of ESPN because of Pat McAfee's contract there. So here's the deal, Jacob. It's anybody can do these jobs. You and I prove that. Um, so it doesn't. You don't really need the name attached. Uh, a smarter person than me made the point that all of ESPN essentially is just paid programming to the next live event. Like all their daily lineup is is just to get you to the evening when the NBA game's on or the NFL game's on or college football game's on. That's really what fans want. They want that. They don't really care who's giving them their hot takes because there's so many options now. So is a broadcast dead? No, I don't think so. But it is interesting to see that the careers that I think a lot of people five years ago wanted, you think about the 17 to uh, 22 demographic, they wanted to be the next Stephen A. Smith. I think a lot of those jobs are going away. I think that if you're a college kid or a high school kid coming in, you realize that you just got to pick up a microphone and start doing it. And, you know, Stephen A. Smith, I think the pedestal kind of it's kind of shaky. You know what I hate that ESPN does is what they do with women in their coverage, you know, because you and I are huge proponents of women in sports media. You know, Kate Connors, Mina Kimes, you know, Malika Andrews. Um but the way that they like just like make the women be the transitionary to either a break or to somebody out in the field in between either Stephen A. Smith or whatever pundit they have, like, you know, just fighting each other is so annoying because it's like, OK, I see what the studio is trying to do here. The the worst job in sports for the longest time was the person who was in between Stephen A. and Skip Bayless. And that was Carrie Champion for years. Carrie Champion had to deal with that. And I felt bad for her because it was supposed to Allegedly, it was sold to her as the idea that, like, it'll be a three-person show, and it never turned into that. She she had to just be the, I you know, for lack of better word, essentially the ringside person, right, that holds up the cards. Like, that's what she was for the longest time during those, like, first take days, and she's a much more talented journalist and a much more important, like, part of that show than what they were making her out to be. So it's disappointing, and we still see it today. It's going to I think there's going to be a big transition for broadcasts with like how uh, soccer coverage like does their ads, you know, like there's just ads all over the time, all over the place, but not really a break in play, like with media timeouts and stuff like that in football. I think we're going to see something like that or we take it you know, the whopper whopper thing, but it's like a big box for the commercial and a small box for the game continuing to play. I think there's going to be a lot more of that. Yeah, probably. Uh, but I don't know how you do that with um like daily content you know what i mean and you know we, we you talk about espn let's talk about my, my baby espn radio that's essentially dead espn radio that's lasted for 20 years is on its deathbed the nail the rattle it is rough i could have told you this was coming i saw the writing on the wall years ago um but you know the days that we grew up with with michael mike and you know levitard show svp and rosillo colin cowherd those days are long gone and it is uh it is very Sad to see what has happened to ESPN Radio because that is that was my dream growing up was to be at ESPN Radio and now I don't know if that'll exist in like a year yeah so it's tough. Tired of winning the tailgate but losing the games? We can't help that. 
but we can tell you what the hell is up with each team and what's going on across sunny San Marcos. Texas State fans, get on your feet. You're listening to Squaring Around with Jacob Rodriguez and Andrew Zimmel. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Squaring Around. I'm Jacob Rodriguez. That's the Texas State Sports Press, Andrew Zimmel. And this is the show where we talk about everything Texas State. Andy, I wanted to get to a start talking about not something that has anything to do with Texas State, but something that impacted us and the way that we roll out content on this show is Elon Musk fucking up Twitter to the point of which, like, I'm a journalist, a working reporter, and I was immediately tapped out on some of those early, like, read rate limits. And I checked back on our account immediately, tapped out because we both share it and probably were on it at the same time. And then it didn't get better for like three days. And now it's kind of like basically the same. Um, but to combat this, we have now made a Facebook page for Squaring Around at Squaring Pods, the same app, same everything. It's run by me and Zimmel. It'll be the same content being posted there. It's basically our backup in case Elon ever does anything again because we are taking Mark Zuckerberg's. Uh, aside in the fight to end all fights probably the fight that'll change the fight industry as a whole i think you see so you said a lot of stuff there i want to break it down right so elon musk terrible person even worse businessman when it comes to twitter you were joking about getting tapped out immediately i got tapped out on twitter and i had to go to the worst place to get your sports news instagram i was on instagram looking for updates on trade stuff because i think it was like, what is going to happen? Like Damian Lillard trades, stuff like that. I was going on Instagram, looking at Instagram fan pages, trying to figure out what was going on. Awful, awful experience. Uh, we made the Facebook page. The Facebook page, I think, is going to be incredible. I know there's a lot of Texas State fans, older Texas State fans that don't know us, that are going to be able to be tapped in now. So if you have a friend or a family member who is a Texas State alum, fan, whatever, uh, send them the page because it's out there. They can get all the clips. We're going to update the clips, put everything up there. Um, I don't know if we'll, we'll put the backlog or not, what the plan is. But the main event, Zuck versus Musk. Now, we joked about this earlier. We both picked Zuck. I'm going with Zuck because I had a boxing person tell me one time that if you fight a boxer, even if a boxer's only been to like six weeks worth of classes, he's going to kick your ass. Because ha- having the fundamentals and just having a little bit of training makes you a 10 times better fighter than somebody who's never been in the ring before. And Zuck, you know, I hate him more than probably anybody else on the planet, uh, except Elon Musk, who's number one on the hate list. And he has never been, uh, you know, in a ring like Zuck has. So give me, give me Zuck. Listen, I've been watching Joe Rogan since I was 12 years old. I've been watching UFC since the very early days when people were like, wow, you watch Losing that? eyes, yeah. We're, wearing tap out shirts in middle school. I was a loser. I have a lot of opinions on this as a martial artist, too. Um, Elon Musk posted a picture this week with him, George St. Pierre, one of the greatest fighters. He's my favorite fighter ever. He's a goat for me. I think there's a lot of debate as to who exactly is the goat in combat sports. GSP is my goat. Um, And Lex Friedman. John Bones Jones is a steroid freak of nature. All right. And even regardless of what he does now, it kind of like... Like, he could have been so good, you know? Like, he could have been the guy to end all guys. But now he's just going to kind of be like a shadow of what he could have been. And in my mind, that's kind of sad. It's kind of like the Cowboy Cerrone thing. How Cowboy went out just getting knocked out three separate occasions in the last three shitty fights that he did. I was like, 
just get out. Go do BMF content at your ranch, bro. Anyway, he posted a picture recently, Elon Musk did, of him training with George St. Pierre, Lex Friedman, who's a jujitsu guy and also has his own podcast, John Donaher, who is George St. Pierre's uh, jujitsu coach. And he also coaches, or he used to coach, I should say, Gordon Ryan, who's the best jujitsu competitor in the country ever. Ever, ever, ever. He's the go to jujitsu. He's getting pretty serious. And this is kind of like me teetering back into my like, hey, a fight is still a fight. Anything can happen. Mark Zuckerberg might come into this as like the odds all favorite, probably. But all Elon has to do is get one lucky punch in. Also, I should say this fight is not even really official yet. It's just like officially official, I guess. I Does he need to be licensed by anybody? That's the big thing. Because I know that like. I don't think Nevada is going to give either of these guys like fighting license. I don't think Los Angeles or California is going to do it. So like, does it matter? Could they just do this on a boat or could they go back to fight Island? They could. Yeah. I think, I, I guess the UFC owns that property. I mean, they could set it up very fast. Like, uh, ADCC, the Abu Dhabi, you know, like big jujitsu tournament that's done obviously over there. And they're huge fans of watching fights. So, and the Saudis yeah. are just throwing money at everything sports related right now. And so, could you, you imagine that? When it comes to like getting something off the ground very quickly, the Saudis are really good at that. They they were able to build what an entire like multi soccer stadium complex in Qatar, and then also the entire live tournament they've built within a couple of years. So I imagine that getting one fight wouldn't be that hard to do. And you know we joke about this. We joked about the Jake Paul fights and stuff like that. I really like the idea of a celebrity death match. If this is how billionaires want to spend their time beating the crap out of each other, I'm okay with it. Give me the bread in the circus. You know, if this is how we all go down, I'm fine with it. I would much rather watch this go down, even hypothetically, right? It's been pretty fun to see it in like ESPN headlines and like no, that, no I've not been happy about that, but <laughs> You're not. I know it's kind of taken over like actual coverage. Um, like a hypothetical fight. It's not even really booked yet. Dana White just said we'll make it happen, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I mean, I guess it, like if Rough and Rowdy can get licenses for fights, I'm sure the UFC can. I guess so. But also, this is stealing breath from the Brett Favre happening in Mississippi. I uh-huh. give me those right. headlines. That's what, I, that's what I need. Get some of those reporters on that. Also, so like Mark Zuckerberg is 100% on steroids. Elon Musk is about to be 100% on steroids because Jeff Bezos got on steroids like immediately as soon as he left the board. So like, you know. I don't think USADA is going to be testing or WADA or whatever testing agency. I don't think they're going to have a big uh, part in all this. No, I don't think so either. How many of those protein powders do you think they'll test positive for too? You know, they're going to be on alpha brain, everything that Joe Rogan (laughs) sells, basically, maybe even stuff that Alex Jones sells. I was going to say they're going to be on the Alex Jones stuff, bro. (laughs) I also wanted to toot my own horn a little bit, Andrew. We got a new look for squaring around, kind of. It's like not really a new look. It's just different graphics and stuff. I needed to not compress our video so many times, basically, after exporting it for the top to cover the black bar of zoom and the bottom. So I've now produced some stuff <laughs> in a better way. Congratulations, just... graphic designer. Well, it was cool because we I uploaded all those clips to YouTube this week. And I think it was like 30 that I was missing. So now we have like almost 200 clips just on Twitter. It's crazy. So those will live on YouTube, as you were saying, or on Facebook, as you were saying earlier. And I don't think I'll upload the backlog. I'll just start from this day forward. That's fine. Make it easier on myself. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. I don't think there's any problem with that. Yeah. But boom, new things. Happy fun times.
Let's go into some Texas State headlines, Zimmel. And an effort to continuing coverage on the baseball team as long as possibly possible. We're talking about uh, baseball. Headed back to the juice box. Talking about ringing things out <laughs> for the Houston. Where is this? The Astros Foundation College Classic next year. So even after kind of a little bit of a stinker at the end of the year. X-State Bobcats still on top. Now, this is what we call already moving on to the next thing. The season ended, right? LSU's on top. And now the season's over and you move into the next season. Now it's already 2023-24. And I think that's how a lot of these guys are looking at it. So this is the first headlines of the 23-24 season, Jacob. You got to just completely separate yourself from last year. We're already into the new season. This is the off season for the new season. We're ready to go. The first game, by the way, is March 1st, 2024 at Minute Maid Stadium. That'll be Houston versus Texas State at 11 in the morning. The next day, uh, Texas State will play Texas at 3 p.m. And then uh, the Sunday, March 3rd, 2024, Texas State will play LSU at 3. So, goddamn. It's pretty spicy, talk pretty early a, in the season. Talk about a good tournament. Golly. So, Houston's yeah. the worst of those three teams. Dead ass. Uh, you're going up against a team that was the number one seed coming into the Big 12 tournament, Texas. So they they won the regular season Big 12 uh, tournament or championship regular season. Then defending national champion LSU. Holy cow. And that's on Sunday that we play mm-hmm. LSU? Yeah, we play LSU on so Sunday. Get, and luckily Louisiana, we're a.k.a. Pitch. Lafayette, or however you want to refer to them as. Uh, but they're also being in the tournament. And Vandy is also in the tournament. We don't play either, but... Scary, that scary. might be that might be the best uh, early tournament in the country. Like I'm mm. not saying that hyperbolically. I mean like legitimately because you said Vandy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Vandy's in there. Oh yeah, yeah. So just another team that is like one of the top seven teams in the country. That is one of the best tournaments. Now the funny thing is, way early, way too early. Texas State's the worst team of all those teams that are listed. Maybe Houston was like fighting for it so we are going to come in as massive underdogs if we can steal two games of those three that is a incredible incredible success and again we're talking about like this nine months ahead of time but uh yeah no can we get to march of 2024 that's the real question will we be will, will we be around for that i hope so it's just scary I've been here think, before. like two years ago we were in this same tournament it was fine it was just kind of cool to see them on that stage right and then they went on to have like an in- incredible like back half of the season and i don't even think anybody could really predict that based off of the success that they had in that tournament right won a couple games had a good showing against a couple of good teams not included in this tournament texas tech texas a&m um so i don't know just interesting to see the different looks that you get you know mid-season basically not even really mid-season this is early season. Early. Yeah, this early. is the beginning of the season. Yeah. That'd be cool. If you can go to that game, you should, though, because that's uh, to see the national champions play. Like, Texas State's only played, Let's. I'm trying to think, the last time Texas State played a national champion or defending champion was Coastal Carolina, and I want to say it was 2018, um, when they were coming off their title and then just joining the Sun Belt. So, Texas State, they have a history of playing really, really competitive teams. Um tight especially in these type of games so we'll see if they can get it done Ooh, i actually have a rank for uh levi wells who participated in the mlb draft combine so like the whole field of players was 323 very cool uh levi wells a right-handed pitcher did not graduate last year i should correct he's included in this mlb.com top 
2023 draft picks. Ready for this? I'm pretty sure I don't want to talk out of my ass though, but he should be 96 of 300 of 323. So top, uh, top third. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, Levi oh, yeah. Wells, right-handed pitcher, 96, listed at 6'2", 216 pounds. Now, the real question, though, is top third, so you said 96 out of 300-plus, not good enough to leave school and try to get drafted because if you end up getting drafted, let's say, in the fourth, fifth, sixth round, you know you're going to go to double A, maybe high A, and you're like, all right, you know, what does that look like? Would I rather be playing at a minor league pro in a minor league system um, or playing at Texas State. Now, I think for the majority of guys, especially at uh, this area of the country, so you think UT, you think Texas State, you think UTSA, the majority of those players, I imagine, would prefer to live in Central Texas for another year, come out again, see what happens. Um, Because we've seen that occur a couple times now with some Texas State guys who had the chance to leave early, decided not to, stayed for their senior season, and uh, then got drafted a year later in a higher round. So I think that odds are Wells will stick around. It is a good idea though, to go to these things just to kind of see how you match up with your competition. How do you match up with the other guys in your class? How do you match up with the other guys in that same kind of ballpark, right? When you're, when you're trying to see who can get drafted the highest and get the biggest signing bonus. I don't want to talk down on our boy, Tristan Stivers, his name, but Levi may be the best like name out of the combine in a while because of the season that he had too. He had 13 strikeouts in a complete game that he threw this year. So just the things that he's been able to do pretty good. And that wasn't just like a, like a no nothing game, you know, it's a pretty good series. So you, you think that he has a big, he's a better name coming into the coming out of this season than uh Stivers. I think was. more people know about, uh, Levi than they did about Tristan, right? Tristan, like he needed that UT win and then that finish at Stanford to kind of like levy all the things that he had. And then Tristan, it just worked out that he was a senior. He's graduating that same year. I'm going to disagree. I think that it was more of casual fans didn't know who this guy was. I think Levi Wells, because he's a starting pitcher, right? I think that helps a little bit more when it comes to name recognition. But I do believe that the scouts and the people who are important front office guys they, they had an idea what Tristan was bringing to the table. They have an idea what Levi's bringing to the table. At, just at the one game that I went to in San Marcos, I saw two scouts there, one from Cleveland and one from somewhere else. Pittsburgh, mm. maybe? Yeah. Very cool. Cleveland needs pitching. Hopefully we don't see him against the Twins. <laughs> Athletics released their year in review, 2023 year in review. Zimmel, if you had to crown a champion out of all of the teams that we cover... I think it's kind of like something you can't even argue. I think it's women's basketball, the best team, 2023. Golf raised the banner. Oh, that's true. So let's let's stop right there. I Regular mean, of the teams, championship now? Of the teams that we cover, women's basketball probably, number one. Um, Nobody else is raising a lot of noise about golf's NIT win. So, you know, that's kind of a team us. we cover. Yeah. It, really, it really is. It's just this podcast. So shout out the golf team. Um, what about track and field? Track and field doesn't get any love. No, track and field is good. But you got to pick one. Individual conference championships across the indoor and outdoor seasons. They won 16 Sunbelt championships. Isn't that crazy? So what, what, who did the athletic department name? They didn't, they don't have like a name, but the Mm. first team that they list is the women's basketball team followed shortly by track and field. There it is. I was two for two. 
Uh, yeah, no, I would go. I would go with women's basketball. I think that makes sense. Um, it also helps, by the way, when you do these things. This is a little bit of behind, little inside baseball for you. So you're going to put a list out like this, right? You put this list out right around the same time that people are visiting Texas State, like recruits. So it's like, hey, the number one program at Texas State was our women's basketball program this previous year. I know they had recruits coming through San Marcos. You think that that might have been, I don't know, maybe it was just a coincidence. Maybe it's happenstance. But also, I got to imagine that there is a little bit of like the nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Hey, look at what we're doing over here. Nice mm-hmm. way to get recruits. I don't blame them. I think I like it's a how smart idea. Their little like highlight for football is new chapter of Bobcat football. Just continuously wiping the slate clean. <laughs> I would like to buy the Texas State football book. In fact, Colton Kef, I shit. I'm a writer now. Maybe I'll write one. Uh, write the Texas State football book because the first what ton of pages we have like the old school. We got the national championship in '83, '84. Right or a two a three, and like then it's like like a bunch of like three page chapters, new chapter, new chapter, new chapter, new chapter. GJ and we got a lot of pages left, baby. So the question is, are you gonna fill up the rest of these pages in volume one of Texas State football, or are you gonna write us three pages and get the next chapter going? I hope I that like, it's a long. I would like chapter. to write the book just on the back to back years of being championship. Like, you know, oh, national championship. Yeah. That would be awesome. Just one book on that. Yeah. Oh no, that would be great. I would love to do that. Um, because and you know you you know what I would name it? Sleeping Giant. That's Sleeping what I would giant. name it. Sleeping Giant. Because that's what everybody at Texas State continues to refer to the football program as is a sleeping giant. Well, back then so, it wasn't a sleeping giant. It was just No, a I know. I know. But you write the book after now twenty almost twenty years of middling. Like football, like think we we became an FBS program in what two thousand five, mm-hmm. right? So we're pushing twenty twenty four. So we're at like what nineteen years, almost 20, 17 years. Look at it. my point is this: is that you write this book on this two year run that Texas State was on. In fact, it was longer than that. I think it was closer to a seven year run that they were on, where they continued to win games. You you write this book on this like great seasons that they had. And then you juxtapose it with in the back half. And then we went to FBS and this is what it looked like. You know what I mean? And, but you very, show like, Hey, you very show drastic, like, hey. like, uh, what's it called? Um, juxtaposition. No. Well, difference. Fuck, what's that? What's that movie where she, there's no place like home. <laughs> oh, wizard of Oz. Yeah. It's like a wizard of Oz moment where they switch to color or they switch to from black and white to color. Like, a yeah. movie. they're like, Whoa. Oh shit. Yeah. It almost be like it would almost be like the opposite. You flip the switch from teddy color back to black and white. You're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> back to the gilded age, bro. New volleyball, new volleyball schedule alerts, Zimmy. I tweeted about this earlier, but Texas State's first exhibition by the time you all hear this podcast will be what, like forty five days away, forty four days away against UTSA. When is that exhibition? That's coming in August. That is, in, yeah, it's like August 19th, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, August 19th. I, I love the exhibition that they have at the beginning of the season. If you remember, when we came on campus in 2016, they had Baylor was their first exhibition, quote, exhibition game. And uh, Karen Chisholm talked to us at orientation being like, y'all asses need to be in the seats. And I went to those games. It was when the wall was still there. It was a great time. I had an incredible time watching uh, the volleyball game. 
I will say, however, the people on my dorm floor in Tower, not as big of volleyball fans. I think they left after the first set. I locked in. I was like, nah, come on. Baylor beat us once. They can't beat us in two more sets than they did. Dude, volleyball is uh, awesome. I uh I raised a banner in the city of McAllen in the inter-employee <laughs> volleyball league. I'm a libero, as you can tell. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I did go 20-0 and 0 on serves one time. Just kept hitting to the same girl. <laughs> Poor girl. It's called bullying. Yeah, it was all You're the bullying. lifeguards in McAllen versus, like, uh, Parks and Recreation staffers. So, has-beens from high school, basically. Yeah, see, okay. Got you. Got you. Yeah, after they play UTSA, they'll head off to the Tennessee Classic in good old Rocky Top, where they'll play Marist College, Tennessee, and UT Martin. You don't know this, fans of the podcast, but I have a hit list of places where I didn't get jobs, and Knoxville, Tennessee is top three. Top three places where I was ready to go, and they didn't give me the call. So Knoxville, you were forever going to get a middle finger from Andrew Zimmel. I think volleyball is one of those teams, too, that was like, how the fuck did we not get an invite to the NCAA tournament? Um, yeah, I know. I get that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, this pedigree that this program has is the best, one of the best in the Sun Belt, for sure. The Sun Belt, I think, should be like the a Sun Belt needs to get a better league. PR team. It needs to get a better PR team because I love the conference, but you talk to people in the state like we just had a. Uh... Craven on a couple weeks ago. He didn't have any love for the Sun Belt. I talked to people up here. No love for the Sun Belt. It's just like Texas State doesn't have any, like, doesn't get the respect because I, the Sun Belt just doesn't have good PR. I just don't think that they are, yeah, like... Good PR on the East Coast, but where it matters, like, closer to Texas, all the Texas schools are very good at volleyball, you know? Well, it's that, but also, like, if you talk to a fan in Alabama, do you think they're, like, Sun Belt? Do you think they have any respect? Outside of Mobile, you know what I mean. Well, the, like, also Texas State wasn't even part of the first few teams who had beach volleyball as a playable sport for the summer. I think that was like what James Madison and like it was like four or six other teams, but yeah. they played in uh, your your favorite place ever, Coastal Carolina, Myrtle Beach, Myrtle Beach. So I don't know TBD, but there's a lot of like shakeups happening in volleyball, including beach volleyball, which is expanding across college sports. It feels like. Yeah, when's my pickleball coming? Dude, I just saw a pickleball place. I'm in the Valley, everybody, for not those of you not watching the show. I'm in the Valley right now, again. So, now yeah, I saw a pickleball court over here blowing up. If if you or your loved one has been uh, caught with the pickleball disease and you decided to pick up the paddle, uh, I want to let you know you're not going to put it down, and it's a sport for 60-year-olds. And if I catch you playing pickleball and you're under the age of 60, I will be asking to see your AARP card. I ran this story on Ken's five and Ken's five.com, but pickleball, one of the leading causes for emergency room visits for seniors. No kidding. What's number two? I don't know. I didn't look that one up. I'll be honest. Sex. Uh, sex, you think? 100%. Not podcasting? No. This is a non contact sport. <laughs> This is COVID safe. This is actually a COVID safe activity we're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can't say the same about the other two. Go ahead. I have please. a topic I want to throw at you. All right. So I did this on a, on my other podcast, um, but we 4th of July just came and went. And you I have was another podcast? About, yeah. I was thinking about uh, the, uh, the whatchamacallit, um, the cookout, the barbecue. So I did this. I gave five. I'll, I'll let you go first. Five athletes that you would want at your Texas Day cookout. 
your Texas Day barbecue. You get five athletes to invite to your uh, Texas Day cookout. Current athletes? Does not matter, current or former. Uh, Brian London. Then I want... Ooh, Jeff Foster. That's a good one. Jeff Foster would be a really good one. Mm -hmm. Now, the other question was, what would you have these people bring? Brian London... I think we'll do something easy like potato salad, you know. Potato salad, okay. Give him some kind of a layup. Jeff Foster definitely has to bring some sort of casserole. I feel like he'd be good at that. Indiana guy, you know. Mm. Mm-hmm. I, I thought the same thing. Who do I want now? Can I bring a coach, or does it just have to be? You a You can player? bring a coach. Yeah, you okay. can bring a coach. DJ's coming, and he has to bring something expensive. Like you know, he's got to make an impression. <laughs> I know he was in Hawaii, maybe. I don't know, somewhere tropical, but. I think roasted be, pig. I think yeah, roasted pig or maybe like sushi or something like that. You know, you're bringing sushi to a cookout though. That's what's tough. I'd eat it. Okay, as long as okay. it's chilled, you know, temperature controlled. I, actually, as a part of the university star, I had to take a food handler's course, so I know all the intricacies of that. Okay, I'm thinking of one. Can I? Oh, can I throw Charles one Austin. Bring Charles Austin. What's Charles Austin bringing the cookout? I want him to bring like corn skewers. I'm a so sucker for those. Four. Yeah. That's four. Now, you're, there's one that I think is a layup here that you're missing. I'm missing layup, layup. Think about sport. Think of sport? Yeah. I'm bringing Taylor Deer. Oh, I think Taylor? this is I think this is a no-brainer. I was thinking about this all day. Taylor Deer coming to the cookout, bringing literally pick any dish because she's watched these people prepare so many different ones. If you want her to bring falafels, she probably could do that for you. You want her, she's from Houston. You want her to bring good barbecue. She probably could help you figure that out. Like, I think that that is like the linchpin here for me. Like I would be like the organizer of the barbecue. because She knows like what mm -hmm. everybody would probably do. A hundred percent. And the other thing is, so that was your five. And I, I, I liked your five. I don't think I bring GJ. I now do you think you'd mess up the vibe? No, I don't think you'd mess up the vibe. I just need somebody that's going to bring a good dessert. Yeah. So if I had, I don't have a sweet tooth. That's the difference between me and you. Well, you know, the cookout has to have something here. So I'm bringing Coach Z because I think Coach Ooh. Z would make really good desserts. I don't uh, know if she Coach does or not. Chisholm and cookies. That'd be oh fun. yeah, Coach Chisholm and cookies. That would be another good one. But yeah, no, that. So I, I like your five. That's not a bad five. I would go Brady McBride because he's my boy, homie. That's true. We're bringing him. He's from Memphis, so he's bringing Memphis bar. Or he played at Memphis, so I'm, I'm having him bring Memphis barbecue. I know he's, from he's got there. Where's he from? He's from Texas, but he played at Memphis for that year. So Where I'm you go to high school. I uh, was a three star out of some Dallas school. I'm pretty sure. Oh. Anyway, point is, bringing my Memphis barbecue. Okay, I like your Foster one. I'm gonna go with um uh um uh KGT. Hmm. Tyler uh, Gilbert having, Tilbury. Yeah, yeah. I'm. I'm. He. He's played all over the place. I think that he'd be really good. A little chicken Alfredo action. So bring him. Okay. Because I he played. I think he played in Italy. I'm pretty sure he played in Italy for a year. Um, yeah. Chisholm. Because I liked your Chisholm with the the sweet tooth. I think she would be pretty good. Oh yeah. Uh, she that. she definitely knows how to throw it down. Bakery style. Taylor Deer was my was my pick. So I'm bringing her. And and I need that fifth one. I don't know. I'm trying to. Jessica Mullins. From... I'm. You know what? I'm bringing Jessica Mullins because I know she's going to bring the drinks. I know she's Ooh, got me covered. Yeah, yeah. I know she's got me covered for the drinks. Special so, yeah, cocktail by is. Jessica Mullins. Uh, cocktail? Uh, I don't know if she's bringing cocktails. No. Might bring some uh, thirty rack. 
I like uh, the, you know, those barrel fruit punches. You know, they yeah, like, the a little barrel. That'd be fire, bro. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? Jessica Mullins, she is still a college student, though. So we couldn't give her anything like for free. We have mm. to make her pay to come into the barbecue. But yeah, that would be a fun time. Be a good time. Yeah. Ah, no, so, damn it. We it, totally it, forgot about like Randy Rupp or oh, this, this is such a good question. See, that's what I'm saying. So this is and this is where Kat we Osterman. What would you have the goat this, bring? This is where we lead things too. If you have your Bobcat cookout, your Bobcat barbecue, give us five athletes. This is where you're, you cut this for a clip. Give us five a- athletes that you would bring to the Bobcat barbecue. Think about it. And you got to say who you're bringing and what they're bringing. I feel like if I told Brian London to bring something like very expensive, he would immediately be like, no, I'm not bringing that. You know, like I thought it's saying- all about the way that you ask somebody like, you know. Or maybe he'll be insulted that I asked him to bring potato salad. I thought you were going to say he's in Denver right now. Well, Orange Crush. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? I don't know. That's funny. Be a whole different barbecue. But this is all happening in San Marcos outside. Oh, yeah. We're having this at Aquarina for sure. Fire. Okay, cool. Yeah. So think about it. Give us your answers. Post them on Facebook. Post them on Twitter. And uh, we'll probably end up reading them later because... I, I like the 4th of July deal, but this is something we can do all summer, man. Let's keep it going. Give me all the ones you got. Um, As you can tell, me and Zim were just farting around here because there's not a ton to talk about in July. <laughs> right? about? We're killing coming it. off of yeah, we, Honestly, we're killing it. But it's like the things that we're talking about, you know, we, last couple weeks ago, we were talking about the impact of decisions made at the Regents meeting in San Marcos. <laughs> it's not the same kind of work that we're doing now talking about fourth of july and coach chisholm and cookies big game boomer on twitter uh don't i told you these guys you can't bring these guys up it's so funny though because they said texas state's biggest strength was our punter shout out seamus (laughs) o'kelly and if you're not following uh sione tupo on twitter you're missing out on some great tweets because he (laughs) shouted out uh, seamus and then he had another really good one about the river so I've been retweeting them, hard retweets on our account, just riding or dying with Sayona Tupo. I hit my uh, tweet limit, so I can't see them anymore. Is that even a thing, though? Like, Because I've been scrolling all day now. I, I hit my tweet limit earlier today. Yeah, June 22nd. Don's Fish Camp is calling my name. <laughs> Me too, Sayona. Me too. GJ Kinney tweeted out his brand new glasses for camp. You like them? I did like them. I, I'm a big Oakley's guy. I you hated Oakley's. them? No, yeah, I, love no. I was a big Oakley's guy. Uh, once I got out of playing baseball, though, I went, I, I haven't anymore. And I'm now 25 years old, which means I legally am able to get LASIK. You have to be 25 to get LASIK. So really? that's, yeah, yeah. You can, you can vote, are... you can vote, or you can become the president and you can get LASIK surgery at 25. How fun. 35 to be president. Really? Damn. I, dude. Every day, the joke that I make that you're not from here just is just you. You walk into these, bro. You gotta know. Can we can we get you to say the pledge of allegiance, Jacob? It, I don't ask me who's on the penny and stuff either. You know, I know who's on the penny. It's Abe Lincoln. I don't know if you pass citizenship test, bro. We need to. We need <laughs> that's, a, that's our next segment on squaring around. <laughs> Can Jacob pass the citizenship test? It's a tough look for you. So anyway, you gotta be 25 to get LASIK. I uh, am thinking about it. I've considered it. It's that and run and surgery are the two like things I've thought about here. 
Um, and once I do get my LASIK, I will be getting Oakley's and just PC principal all the time. <laughs> I I was a lifeguard McCown. I already talked about this on this podcast, but my brand of choice is the Oakley's. Recently, though, and I'll tell you this: covering football, helping covering football in two different parts of the state, right? Central Texas now, and then down south in Corpus Christi. You know, so look, those guys look uh, wear a lot of Ray Bans and stuff. I actually have a pair of big. Ray-Ban aviators that I love to death. Um, but these Oakleys are pretty sick that he has. And they also have a little take-back Texas thing on the side. And GJ, oh, they branded the custom. shit out of it for his camps, too. Where it's just like the big GJ Kinney, you know, shirts with the glasses on them. I thought that was fun. They're really leaning yeah, I know. into it. It's, it's a good look. It's a good look. We just hope that the success on the football field matches. It's crazy that they could have done this two coaches ago and then chose not to. Everything happens for a reason. You had to go to Incarnate Word. You had to put up the offense that you put up before you got this job. I get it. It makes sense. No, I'm saying Spavadol, Withers. Those names ring a bell for you, Andy. <laughs> Spavadol and Withers? Yeah. More than a bell. <laughs> it's kind of like Matthew McConaughey's green lights. You know, green lights, yellow lights Spavadol. turn into red lights, turn into green lights. Yeah. I, I, I right wanna, now, I'm part of the resistance that has refused to read that book. Everybody in my life has read that book except me. I'm about to read it right now. The football team is basically just posting hype videos of them working out. If you don't want to watch that, you want to see some real results, real fast, brought to you by Real Training, a.k.a. Brett Huth, the coaching staff over there. Watch Nash freaking Jones. Clean, 385. That's a scary sight. That's insane. I thought this was going to be go right into a live read. You want to see real results? I don't know. I that's watched those that's videos. His hashtag. It's it's uh, real. R E A L. All caps. Training. Brett Huth. I think that's how you pronounce that. I think football fans are the same people. The people who watch those like weightlifting videos are the same people who watch the uh, volleyball scene from Top Gun over and over and over again. <laughs> you know There's what I was no, kind of I was kind of no mad shade. about the new just, I, is that they got rid of the volleyball. They played touch football. No, they created a whole new game of football. Yeah, it, it was, was like two game. footballs at the same time. Miles Teller. God, it was awful. And that one Republic. Yeah, I know that, that. Honestly, another hot take from Zimmel. Maverick wasn't very good. Wasn't it impressed. Save cinema, Zim. Ah, did it. That's why everybody's like, nah, it's cool that Tom Cruise is a Scientologist. He's a weirdo. Yeah. Isn't it funny that they made him they made him do Maverick and then they were like, now you can do Mission Impossible. Yeah, a real Mission Impossible for him would be to do a movie with Leia Remini at this point. Ooh. That's a good 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 little inside baseball joke there. That was pretty good. And uh, we'll learn a lot more about the team. We're gonna have a lot more availability with them. July 25th and the 26th, that's for Sunbelt Media Day. Zimmel and I are already, I guess, booked, pre-approved. How do you say that uh, for all that stuff? So we're going to have availability with GJ and uh, whoever they bring, which is usually a senior or somebody that they're really looking at. Have they not announced it yet? 
Uh, I don't think so. They haven't announced who's going. It's going to be that's GTA insane. and two players. That's usually what they do. No, well, I, I understand the two players part, but that's insane that they haven't announced it yet because I think everybody else has. Have you seen that? Sunbelt, but like other conferences are having their media days. And like, I think it's next week for the well, big. It, it could be this one. Um, Dave Campbell's just released their uh, 2023 preseason DCTF all Texas team. We're in a big Slack channel with all the other people across our network, obviously. And Craven pitched it to me as, hey, there's somebody from every team on this list. And I was like, ah, oh, badass. Let me see. If it's Seamus, if it's Seamus, <laughs> I'm calling, I'm calling the police. If it's Seamus, I'm it's calling. It's not Seamus, unfortunately. Yeah. It's not Seamus. Though it would be a pretty good ad if you're talking about just Sunbelt players. All Texas would, offense, would, best quarterback, Frank Harris, best running back, Richard Reed. Whoa, 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 whoa. I knew that would set you off. Whoa. Frank Harris? I know. And that over over the guy up 35? Who's a five star? Who is might be the best quarterback in college football this year, potentially? He's a true freshman. Arch Manning? Quinn Ewers? Oh, Quinn. Well, this is them buying into oh, the fact Quinn. that he may have played kind of shitty at uh what was it called? Spring game. I I you know what? You know, the AM fans hate it's, Craven. It's the, the sexiest thing. Craven. I'm gonna say this. Frank Harris on the first team offense in the Texas. That, Not just first team offense, best quarterback. That's a take. That's a take. And you know, I understand because they wanted to make they want to check all the boxes. Where what UT players on this list is my I, question then. I got you. I got you. Because uh, that is best I look, offensive look, lineman is uh UT and also best wide receiver, Xavier Worthy. All right, I like the wide receiver, the offensive line, whatever. They spent enough money to get a good offensive line. Quinn Ewers not getting named. All right, good. And good best, for them. Frank uh, Harris. Well, for, part of the first team offense, the tight end, offensive line guy. Yeah, that's the entire first team offense. It's three guys from UT, basically. That makes, okay. All right, you know what? That's fine. But Frank Harris, I mean, that's not anything against him. I'm just really surprised that they think so low of Quinn Ewers, especially when you consider that they put Texas at number one uh, in the power rankings to start the season. And I have to imagine in big part because of Quinn. So whatever. It's well, second it's team offense. Their quarterback is Quinn Ewers. Okay. So they put second team, put him on second team. That's fine. All right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't know. That's crazy because UTSA and Texas play. I think I'm taking UT all day. Oh, every day and twice on Saturday. So what's the Texas State player? We talked, we beat around the bush enough. Uh, defensive back, Tory Spears. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. So I think he could be one of those media guys because he's was one of the first people, I think, that had availability from the department. Uh, people were kind of surprised to see him back, too. He's huge to play corner. He's like 6'2 or 6'1 or something like that. Um, yeah. Yeah, I know Spears 100% should be at media day. Who would be your offensive pick? Offensive pick? I don't know. I don't think they're going to bring a quarterback. Is my hot take. They will not be. They will not bring a quarterback. They've never brought a quarterback. I'm pretty sure. I don't yeah. think they brought Brady either. Really? I don't think so. I think that they. I think they kept it pretty close to the chest. Oh man, that what a mystery that turned into. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just saying. I don't think that they, they brought. Did, they maybe they didn't bring Tyler Jones. 
They did Tyler Jones. I don't think so. I think Withers was very anti-quarterback. Trying to think who they brought. They brought Brian like two years in a row. They staff. brought Brian three years in a row. Brian was there like every year. <laughs> every year, but his freshman year. <laughs> he was, no, I'm serious. He was there all the time. That's um, because it made sense. Um, yeah, but they so brought uh, Aaron Brewer. They brought. Aaron oh yeah, Brewer. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I look. They the safest picks usually are like grab a defense player, grab an offensive lineman, and you're good to go. Uh, don't bring a quarterback. Texas is bringing Quinn Ewers to uh, Big Twelve. So as they should. That's, like if you want to totally make sure that his nuts are still hanging by him and not getting dangled in front of him by Arch. All right. Yeah, I agree with you. So shout out Craven for giving us one guy on there. <laughs> it's funny. Well, it's funny that Craven and like Dave Campbell's right. They've done so much for us, but at the same time, they find ways to just drive me up the wall. Just a little, you know, they're just twisting it, the screwdriver in us. But it's kind of like an umpire, right? If he pisses off both fans, then he's a good umpire. And That's if Craven true. finds a way to get underneath everybody's skin in the state of Texas, he's doing his job. What so the fuck is this strike zone, Crave? I I like it. I think it's fine. I think, uh, you know, if we got one DB. That's fine. I'll take it. Just one player in general. So <laughs> we'll take it. Just happy to be part of the list. I didn't think I didn't Texas think... State was going to make it at all, actually. That happened to us one year. They did like an all Sunbelt team. It was another publication. They did all an all Sunbelt team and they forgot Texas State completely. Like Texas State didn't make the list at all. And when it was called out, because every other team had at least one person, it was called out on Twitter. They were like, well, Texas State isn't any good. So like, what do we matter? And I was like, no, hold on a second. Coastal Carolina won one game. Like, what are we doing here? So like, especially because they went down, like they went every position. They were like left tackle, right tackle, offensive line. You know what I mean? And it was like, Texas got zero. And, uh, you know, Aaron Brewer's in the, in the league still. And he didn't get on the list. It was like, what the hell are we doing here? I saw so, your boy, yeah. uh, Scott Watkins had a pretty good list, uh, or not good list, a good tweet talking about UTSA. He was like, I knew UTSA was going to be good, but it looks like it has a real chance to win two different conference titles. According to the, to the Athlon, which is like a, I guess, an athletic site or whatever, but they're doing these lists this, too. It's this there you one. Go. There you go. It's this one. one. Yeah. Hey, you have it. What a yeah. thing. Is that where you're cutting yeah. down your food budget to continuously buy all these? Things? <laughs> yeah, no, I have. I have 17 different college football magazines coming my way. Dave Campbell's Athlon, uh, the Philip Lindsay one, and then all of the different fancy football magazines. Uh, this is the time of year where I go broke because I buy all of the print publications. If anybody ever accuses me of not supporting print journalism, they're a liar and a thief because I am the single person in America who supports print journalism more than anybody else. Nobody nobody does what I do. I go to the, st- I go to the stand and buy the newspaper. I don't get the digital subscription to the New York Times. I don't get the digital subscription to The Athletic. I go and buy Sports Illustrated. I go and buy the local newspaper. I am the reason print journalism is alive. Anyway, What's The Athlon that? says that UTSA could win the AAC and also the CUSA. So yeah, <laughs> you've been able to find any typos in your book. Does anything really piss you off when you read it back? You know what's funny is that I refuse to go back and read it, and I've had a couple people who have been like, "Oh, you should go back and read it. It's so good." And I'm like, "No, why would I do that? I read it like three different times. Anything that slipped through the cracks, it's through the cracks. Congratulations, you got me." As your former editor, that does not surprise me at all because you would never read changes and you would never even read the finished product. So, nope. 
Nope. I have. I still have not read anything that I wrote in college. That's crazy. Nope. I well, because like I read it. Like I wrote it. Why would I need to reread it? And as an editor, it's your job to fix it. So like, let's not don't pretend that it's like. So what's this deal? If you have a question about like a like, hey, we need one more fact. I'll give you that fact. I read the corrections. Like I saw that. Like oh, we need to change correctly to corrected and whatever. Good catch. You know what do I care? Um, I'm already writing the next thing. I'm very yeah. I'm already on the next thing. You know, I'm very anti-editor. That's all the shit I had to talk about, Zim. What's the weather like? Let's do a temperature check. It's hot as fuck over here. You want to? Do I know exactly? Hang on. Let me yeah. sec. Opening my weather app right now. Mm-hmm. I sway my ass off in McAllen, Texas. 90 degrees right now at 6.30 p.m. on a Wednesday. 6.30 p.m. on a Wednesday. It is 67 degrees. 67 degrees in North Dakota. So... The high this is one ninety four, which I think is bullshit. It was so goddamn hot today. The one time of the year that it is makes sense to live in this part of the country is from July to September. July to September is when everybody else in the world is like nineties and the hundreds and high eighties, and up here it like consistently is mid seventies to high eighties. That's like as high as it'll get. Um. We had a couple 90s a couple days ago, and I was like, oh, it's kind of warm. I've worn a hoodie 90% of the time of through the year. So if you are somebody who thinks to themselves, I want to like move for summers, I want to summer in a cooler climate, here's the deal. Minnesota has 10,000 of those damn lakes. Y'all buy lake houses for millions of dollars. 10,000 of them. You can get one lake house up here, summer up here, and then come back to Texas in the winter. Problem solved. Hey, nice. I know. I'm free game. Um, and then lastly, Facebook, we're there. Uh, Twitter, we're there. Putting the pods up. And yeah, Twitter, uh, we never oh, left. We just got neutered a little bit. Yes. Go read the Sports Radio Bible available only on Amazon.com. It's doing quite well. Thank you for all the support on the podcast. Badass, everybody. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. New episodes out every Thursday. Follow the boys on Twitter. Eat them up. Eat them up.